Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. Uh, We're here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the walk for change across the entire industry. I'm very excited because today I've got Trebeni Choglu. She's the Head of Change Management at Visa and very active in the world of next generation for women in technology. And she's really interested in changing the face of technology and how it's perceived. So today she's here to talk about her journey and her goals. So welcome Trebeni, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, So to start things off, I'd love you to share with the audience um, a bit about your background. Sure. Um, so I did an engineering in uh, electronics and power with the hope of wanting to do a master's in computer science. Mm-hmm. However, as I was going through my engineering, I realized I wanted to become financially independent rather sooner than later. And therefore, I decided to get into the world of work and looked out for a job in IT. Mm-hmm. So I started uh, in Tata Technologies. It is a Tata group of companies. Yeah. And in that, I got trained as an SAP programmer. Mm -hmm. And I loved it from the word go. Um, And I continued doing different roles as a technical consultant, Mm -hmm. a technical lead, and a project lead Mm -hmm. for six years uh, then on. And then came a point in time where uh, I had to make a choice between being a specialist and a technical specialist or going down the project stream. And having experienced both, Uh, I decided to go down the project management route and uh, that's what I did and since then I have been doing project management, program management Mm -hmm. and you know doing different types of complex programs, uh, transformation etc. I've also had the pleasure of experiencing different countries, Mm -hmm. working in different you know cultures and industries and during this tenure also, I moved to UK. Mm-hmm. So then I joined Visa in 2013. Mm-hmm. And in Visa, I joined as a program manager. And again, I've worked on a variety of different kinds of programs, mm. digital as well as transformation, our merger and acquisition related uh, from a technology standpoint, a data warehouse migration, and lots of that. and. As I have been going through, uh, when I was in Wipro, that was the first time I got attracted to becoming part of uh, people engagement. So I became part of the uh, you know, people champions board and I set up the first women's network uh, for women of Wipro in Europe. And I also started uh, being a faculty for our graduate intake and even lateral hires. and. Um, I enjoyed those elements because I did want to start engaging with the future and in terms of making use of my experience mm. to kind of, you know, extend the, you know, the benefit of that, so to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you, you've told me you're really passionate about future-proofing the industry and looking after the next generation. It'd be good for you to share exactly where that came from and, and what you've been doing. Sure. Um, so, for me, um, a lot of what I am today 
seems to have come from you know what got instilled in me as I was growing up mm. and education played a big role in that um, so in terms of as I was going through education one of the key values in my home was you know it's paramount and it was given the highest priority and you know depending on I mean, no matter what hardships came by you know that sacrifices were made by my parents my siblings in terms of you know focusing on education mm -hmm. and I have an example to share wherein uh, after my 12th uh, when I sat for the entrance exam for engineering I did not make it to a college of my choice and I wow. did not want to do engineering from any college I was very particular in terms of yeah. some of my choices so I decided, okay, that I'll not do it. And I started, a, a, you know, a bachelor's program with maths major. I started it and after a few months in it, I realized in my heart, I wanted to be an engineer. Mm. And I made a choice of wanting to reset the exam next year, the entrance exam for engineering. And it was a tough decision mm. uh, because, you know, there was a lot of societal pressure in terms of oh she's going to retake etc especially in the society I was in but my mother and my brother supported me really well and I was really glad to have pursued it and next year I could manage to get into an engineering mm. college of my choice mm. um, all of that I feel has kind of helped me in terms of you know seeing the value of education and I think there is a lot of misconceptions and myths in the current generation in terms of, you know, what uh, technology can be and, you know, what kind of roles that they can do, etc. And therefore, for me, it was a case of, you know, wanting to bring um, or bridge that gap, so to say, in terms of dispelling those myths and also in terms of, you know, what we want to change today um, will be influenced a lot by this future generation. Mm -hmm. And I think they need to be brought into the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great story to share about yourself, that you, you did retake a year and you had the support. And it was it was hard at that time. Like you had yes. your family support, but, but society, it, yes. it was difficult. And I think yes. that's a really good message for other people, that if you've got a goal, and you may not have achieved it the first time round. It's okay to to try again if that's what your goal is and that's your vision. Yeah. Um, so, so what what else have you done to support um, looking after the next generation? And also, what have you achieved in it? So, uh, I would like to share uh, something that I've been able to start <clears throat> doing uh, in Visa, mm -hmm. and this is where you know I'm part of a Women in Technology group. Mm -hmm. And one of our charter objectives is in terms of being able to, you know, engage with the next generation. Mm -hmm. And uh, we uh, designed a day called Technology Day, mm -hmm. uh, where we have uh, curated, you know, a whole experience for children in terms of, uh, you know, different aspects of technology. And the purpose of the day is to basically expose them to the variety of things that technology is all about. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, you know, inspire them in terms of wanting to consider uh, that and so far we have covered 350 plus students wow. out of which 200 uh, plus are girls and every single day of those ones have been successful mm. with you know uh, 
great increase in terms of, you know, at the start of the day, we do a poll and at the end of the day, and there has been an increase every single time in terms of the number of children wanted to take up technology. Mm -hmm. So that's where it is in terms of, you know, I think in terms of having that conversation with the children. Also, we what we've tried to do is we have tried to go to them in terms of, you know, before they have made their choices about their GCSE subjects, etc., so that there is time for them in terms of, you know, uh, carrying the influence into actually choosing their subjects mm. and uh, embedding technology into their options. Mm. Um, the other element is that we have also used the same modules, so to say, to kind of, you know, create a work experience day mm. for students again and again they have enjoyed that experience and I think it's more giving them the exposure of what is there today in the technology industry or application of technology and basically just help them make their choices. I think that's great because um, you know 10 years ago technology well the perception of technology was just that it's it's purely coding head down sit in a room don't talk to anyone else Whereas nowadays, there's um, there's so much, there's yes. such a variety, and even if it is development that people want to go into, you have developers in boardrooms now. They're making the big decisions of of, um, of the companies. So it's it's a really exciting time. It's great that you're changing that perception out there in the world. Um, so not only are you part of the Women of, of Tech for the whole of Visa, but you're actually the co-chair of that. Yeah. Um, what what is that responsibility to you? Yeah, so uh, the Women in Technology uh, ERG in uh, Europe, so I'm the co-chair of that, mm. uh, got started when, when we became One Visa. And <clears throat> Visa is very committed to diversity and inclusion. Mm. Mm. And in terms of, you know, making it an inclusive place for, mm. uh, you know, uh, everybody to feel safe mm -hmm. and engaged and, you know, so that there is respect for all kinds of diversity. Yeah. And what Women in Technology does is embodies those principles in the context of women. Mm -hmm. And so we have uh, focused on uh, attracting, uh, retaining and developing our mm -hmm. female talent. And therefore, you know, we have engaged with the schools. Uh, we have engaged in terms of the graduates, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, them knowing the opportunities of working for visa and also showcasing especially to the females mm -hmm. in terms of you know technology is a world that they can be part of mm -hmm. and uh, and visa is a great place to be um, so my role in that has been to kind of work with our diversity and inclusion team our social impact team as well as our employee communications mm -hmm. in terms of the different elements that we bring in uh, through the year uh, around these themes and kind of, you know, uh, you know, implement them and work towards these pillars. What has been very fulfilling is the support that we've got from the organization. And in terms of, you know, the more important thing I would say is that it's not just we have in our members and I would say active members and even the committee, uh, not just females, but even our male colleagues. So, you know, I think it's an important part of the story, a very important one in terms of where we want to kind of represent or have a better or, you know, uh, more accurate representation of the society in the workforce. 
if we do not have the support of those who are the majority or you know do not go through the disadvantages then that will not be uh, mm. working towards uh, you know yeah I solution totally agree. Um, gender equality in the workplace isn't a female issue, it's a male Absolutely. and female issue. So yes. I love that you've said that because we need everyone to be involved. It yeah. can't just be one section of society because that's not actually going to make it equal. It actually goes goes against it. So I really I really appreciate that. Um, so you've told us quite a few stories through this, which, which I love. Um, and, and you did speak earlier about the power of storytelling. Um, and you really believe in that. So could you tell us a bit more? Yes. Um, what I have felt is that every time I have been faced with, you know, a hardship or an adversity, and I've tried to kind of uh, bring strength, and when I've been reminiscing, then my strength has come from thinking about stories that I've heard other leaders or colleagues share, or you know, something I'd heard somewhere, and that's a lot of emotional support to overcome different adversities. And therefore, I feel, and there are many simple statements people say or your colleagues might say, etc. And many a times when I've shared back with someone in terms of, you know, the impact their statements have made to me, they found it quite surprising in terms of, oh, really, did it mean that much to you? Mm. And I've said, yes, it has. And I think that's what I uh, feel the power of storytelling is because, you know, we are disadvantaged in different ways. There are many minorities from, mm. no matter how you, you know, slice yeah. and dice it, there are different disadvantages or you are coming from disadvantage. And many have done a lot to be able to overcome those hardships or challenges and surmount those and be able to, you know, achieve varying degrees of success. I think others knowing about it, uh, you know, can help inspire them or kind of you know give them that courage or mental strength to overcome them i think in terms of what you're doing through this podcast nadia is a great thing so thank you for actually you. giving an opportunity to, to share some of these stories and mm. that's what this seems to be about yeah, is being absolutely. able to share stories which is great and i think many of us uh, have our own self-limiting barriers and cultural barriers mm. and I think you know the exposure through these stories etc can actually help people gain that self-awareness in terms of those barriers that they might themselves have or you know even challenge or change their mindset mm. and that's why I believe in storytelling. Yeah. I totally agree because I think that you're right you know when people tell stories they it, it's actually the oldest form of teaching isn't it? Um, you can go back centuries and it was always someone passing on a story from before and that became history or an experience. Um, I think it's so important nowadays that there are people that can listen to these podcasts and see what, what people are achieving, um, the changes that are actually being made. Yeah. If we look at technology over the last 10 years, you know, were there any women in tech groups? Maybe, but no one really spoke about it. Were there any conversations, proper conversations in organizations around diversity and diversity of thought yeah. before anything else you know yeah. it was actually let's all conform rather than let's challenge yeah. so i think uh, technology 
because technology itself is a challenger, yeah. it's allowed the people to become challengers within their beliefs as well, yes. which, I, which I love and I think is really liberating. And as, as a recruiter into technology, it's great that I've been able to, I've been able to see it all happen over 15 years of my career. Um, and I love that because I remember 15 years ago, um, it was a very difficult to talk to technologists about how they feel and are they excited about their new role. It was it was very different to how it is now, and I think um, it's all it's all changed for for the good. So, um, what do you think the future for diversity and inclusion is within the industry? Um, I think you know uh, there is a real call to action uh, mm. here, um, and you know it's very heartening to see the industry focusing on it. But I think we should not be in any illusion that, that you know the work is done. There's a steep hill, in fact, a mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. um, so my belief is that, you know, for those who are in the powers uh, of influence or are in the driving seats of, you know, driving or bringing about innovation, uh, either through technology or otherwise, if they leverage the power of artificial intelligence through the, you know, consentious lens of inclusion of diversity and social impact. Uh, it can go a long way mm -hmm. in terms of bringing that inclusion, bringing into the workforce the good and a very strong representation of what is actually out there in our societies. Mm. And uh, I really believe in that power mm. and I live with that optimism mm. that you know I do see uh, in pockets, elements of these mm -hmm. coming in, and I think you know that's what I would like to see more of, of these being embedded in terms of how we engage in these conversations. And again, it needs to be a conversation that the industry does it, including everybody, mm -hmm. and bring that in and drive that forward. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I love that, and I love that as a, as a closing statement. So I hope everyone's uh, enjoyed listening to Tabreni and her storytelling um, and, and her optimism for the future. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Nadia, for having me.